what's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, 8bit.net's news and current affairs podcast. Each and every week we bring you all outtakes and all the news you need to know about. I'm your host Jack Cruz and joining me this week, absolutely no one, ladies and gentlemen... If you're a fan from back in the day, if you ever listened to Grandstand Gurus, you know, from time to time, I had to man the helm solo, I had to just grab the bull by the horns and, and you know, ride her off into the sunset. I'm sure that there's a saying in there, somehow I got right. However, this week, you get a super special solo episode with me, the one and only, well, I'm not the one and only, there's actually many Jack Cruises out there. Um, however, uh, I digress. Uh, I was going to be joined by the amazing Felicia McIntyre from the I Speak Giant podcast. However, due to my own uh, screwing up of um, schedules and stuff, we didn't record Monday night, which was the original plan. Uh, and then Felicia um, had some commitments tonight, which is Tuesday night, which is the night this will post. Uh, so, um, you know what though? That, that these things happen. That's showbiz, baby. That's showbiz. You know, that sometimes you've just got to, you know, you've just got to roll with it. So I, I contemplated cancelling the episode for the week. I contemplated not doing an episode and just going, you know what? Too hard basket. Turn the laptop off. Turn the TV on. Play some COD, some Call of Duty. I was going to just sit down and play some Blackout. i been loving that. It's awesome. Uh, but I thought, no, you know what? I haven't recorded a solo podcast for a long time. And I thought, you know what? I like listening to solo podcasts, and some people might enjoy it as well. So this is going to be a different take. I don't know how long this will go for. Obviously, I've never done a solo podcast, for it is what it is. But I have written out all the news and prepared the show. So without further ado, let's get into it. However, before we do, I just thought of something else I can do. I did have the uh, questions prepared for the lovely Felicia uh, for an old segment you might remember by the name of Who Is Your Daddy and What Does He Do, where we find out a little bit about our uh, our guests for the evening. But uh, as Felicia's not here, I did realise that I've never given my, you know, things on, on this. So I'm going to work my way down the, uh, the insatiable DJ Payne's list of questions he has provided for Who Is Your Daddy and What Does He Do. And give you a little bit of background about myself, because self-indulgence is a thing that I'm going to do tonight. Mm. As I sip my Mount Franklin Lightly Sparkling. And this is not, it's not a paid advert. So, our first question in the uh, in the thing here is, uh, born in a location, and yeah, I was born in 1989 in Rosebud, Victoria. It's a little beach town down on the Mornington Peninsula. Very small. Uh, it's expanded. It's, it's bigger than it used to be. Uh, but yeah, very, sort of very rural, but beach town. Um, not very nice. I didn't like it very much at all, but I spent a lot of time there. I grew up on the Mornington Peninsula, is the next question, um, down in Rosebud. I did spend a lot of time traveling around the country with my family. We, we sort of did the, um, we went walkabout a couple of times in my, my young years. We just sort of picked up everything and put all of our possessions in storage and, and drove out onto the sunset and traveled around Australia. So I think, I think I, like between the ages of like six and eight, I missed like a year and a half of school. So I, I missed like the entirety of grade three. I just was not in school. It was fantastic. Uh, I don't think I suffered from it, but uh, there you go. So um, 
there's a little bit of something you didn't know about me. Uh, I have a kid. Uh, the next question. Uh, I have two dogs, Snoopy and Jenna. They're my. I love them very much. They're the best. For a living, I'm in business development for a large uh, FMCG company. Uh, if you don't know what FMCG is, it basically means um, food and beverage. It's, it stands for fast-moving consumer goods, I believe. Um, so that's what I do for a job. And then the next set of questions he's got here is some of my top three favorites. So movies. <sighs> my top three favorite movies. What a great question. Uh, number number three is Back to the Future 2. Uh, number two is Back to the Future 1. And my all-time favorite movie is Inglorious Bastards, uh, the Quentin Tarantino joint. Love that movie. Absolutely magnificent. If you haven't seen it, go and just, just do yourself a favor. It is, it is unreal. Uh, my three favorite TV shows. It's a hard one. I'd have to say probably um, Big Mouth, which is a fantastic animated show on Netflix written by Nick Kroll. Um, it's so funny. It's absolutely amazing. Go and check it out. If you're into like BoJack Horseman or um, you know, Family Guy or anything, anything like that, it's, it's really funny. It's, it's hilarious. I love it. Uh, Breaking Bad, you know, cop-out answer, but what a fantastic television show that was. And uh, my third favorite would have to be Entourage. So I had to sneak an HBO one in there. Um, I really love the Entourage series. I've watched it numerous times. Um, just love those characters. Love, uh, you know, Turtle and and um, and Ari and um, ugh, drama. Oh, what a, what a fantastic show! Uh, anyway, check that out. Entourage, HBO joint. Uh, books, authors. I'm not a big reader, so I've only I haven't read a lot of books. If I'm being a hundred percent honest. Uh, but my favorite book of all time is um, The Great and Secret Show by Clive Barker. It is fantastic. Um, it's just a really great like fantasy type novel sort of set in modern-ish times. Um, magnificent. Absolutely great book. And also, obviously, shout out to uh, The Spy and the Maven by our very own John O'Peck. Uh, still got to finish that. I will. I will get through it. Um, favorite games. Top three favorite games. Uh, number th- number one is Metal Gear Solid um, Three. Magnificent. Uh, I don't have my list handy. I think number two is The Last of Us, and number three might be Metal Gear Solid One. So you go. There's top three games of all time. Sporting teams. The Western Bulldogs. Obviously, you all know that. You all know listening to this show, or if you've ever listened to any podcasts. I love the Western Bulldogs. They're my favorite thing basically in the world other than my son um they are the best uh, and then the next question is goes computing device platform of choice uh, i'd have to say the playstation 4 i'm a playstation fanboy uh one random thing i'm super passionate about one random thing is the next question that i'm super passionate about hmm random thing i mean sports isn't random really i used to be right into model making that was a weird time in my life i just build models spray painting them and stuff and everything. I was really good at it too. And then I just kind of stopped. I can't remember what happened. I think I had a kid. Yeah, that'll do it. Ah, podcasting. There you go. Super passionate about podcasting. That's kind of random. Oh, hey. Um, my religious and spiritual worldview is the next question that DJ's included here. I would have to say that I'm a, a agnostic. Uh, you know, I'm a fence sitter. I kind of believe that there's something out there that's kind of something, but... At the same time, I'm like, I don't believe in God, really. Um, I do believe in like ghosts and spirits and that kind of stuff, but I believe that that's kind of like a uh, more of an energy thing than a spiritual thing. So there's that. And my political world leanings. I feel like I'm a, I'm definitely like left. 
I'm, I love, I love saying I'm uh, fiscally conservative, um, socially liberal, I guess is the, um, would be the word, but you know, I'm, I'm all for like, you know, um, equality and gay marriage and um, all that kind of stuff. But I like, I like to see a guest I had on the show once, Ian Preshell had it, put it perfectly where um, he said that, uh, you know, he doesn't, he's not like left or right, but he's just like, what's the, like, I'm just situational. So like, what's the, what's the right answer in this situation? Um, and I feel like I kind of, I kind of, um, fall somewhere in the, in that I mean, I'm very in the middle on most things. So I like to see both sides of the story. I believe that it gives you a, a good rounding. If you just so, I feel like if you're just really focused on just what you know, or just what you believe that you really lose like the forest from the trees, you lose sight of like the bigger picture. If you're just so focused on your view and you and I've said it a million times on this show, is as a society, I feel like we've forgotten how to speak to each other. We've forgotten how to communicate. No one wants to hear what the what the other person on the other side of the fence wants to say. Even if they might be saying the wrong thing, it's important to listen to those people so that you can form a, a valid opinion rather than just shouting them down. Because sometimes, sometimes, the people on the other side of the fence, have maybe they maybe they have valid points and opinions. A lot of the time, they don't. And, and, and on both sides of, of fences. But anyway, nevertheless. Uh, it's time to get into the news. But uh, we've got no one to talk to about the news. But that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No. That's my Christopher Walken, in case you're wondering. <coughs> into the news. Rockstar Games, developer of the upcoming Western Open World Romp, Red Dead Redemption 2, caused quite a stir in the video game industry this past week. In an interview with New York Magazine, founder of the studio Dan Hauser said that the studio had been working 100 plus hour weeks in the lead up to the game's release. And as they do, the internet lost their mind. People calling for boycotts of the game and investigations into the working conditions of the studio. Hauser later clarified his comments to Kotaku by saying that only he and a handful of others were working the 100 hour weeks and that everyone else who works those hours did so of their own volition. However, multiple former employees of the studio confirmed that they had been expected to work serious overtime or have their contracts cancelled. And in another twist, Rockstar have allowed employees to speak publicly about their working conditions. A QA tester from Rockstar's Lincoln studio had some some words to say on the matter. I'm going to bring up said quotes. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole statement because it is lengthy. Um... But he does sort of go into, I guess, some of the working conditions. Uh, he's out of the uh, Lincoln Studio, which is in the UK. So uh, some of the quotes he said that... Um, uh, da, 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 where are we? Um, da, 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 sorry, I, I should, have prepared, should have prepared the quote. I had them here. Anyway, um, basically, uh, they said that he said that, you know, people rarely hear about the working conditions because they have to sign multiple NDAs. Um, they've allowed... so. Uh, first thing he points out is that he and other QA testers with the possible exception of salaried staff are paid for their overtime work. He then wrote on, uh, this was on Reddit, I believe. He said, uh, the other big thing is that this overtime is not optional. It is expected of us. If we are not able to work overtime on a certain day without a good reason, you have to make it up on another day. This usually means that if you want a full weekend off, that you will have to work a double weekend to make up for it. 
Uh, he goes on to say, we have to opt into a certain number of overtime weekday shifts per week, depending on the current rules, as well as a certain number of weekend shifts per month. During our standard crunch hours, we work three, five weekday overtime shifts and two weekend overtime shifts per month. But during our true crunch hours, we work five out of five weekday overtime shifts and at least four weekend overtime shifts per month. We have been in crunch since October 9th, 2017, which is before he started working there. Um... So basically, um, this article by Forbes breaks it down. Um, you could be working, uh, basically they get paid for this. So because of sort of certain overtime things, but you could be working 80 plus hours and get paid for 70, um, you know, 65 hours, get paid for 57. So, so basically they're expected to work these hours, these long hours, but they are paid for it. So they are remunerated. Um, so I guess the question I was going to pose to Felicia was, is this a blow up? Are people overreacting? Should the video game industry finally unionize and fight back against harsh working conditions? Would have been great to get Felicia's um, opinion on this because she actually works in the industry herself. So uh, nevertheless, though, we will, we will continue on. Um, I, I sort of was somewhere in the middle on this. Like there was obviously the blow up at the start. And no one wanted to. I, I, I'm I'm a very much wait and see kind of person. I, I don't really react to things unless I have like clear facts, or if it's just something that's completely blatant. You know, then you know I like to sort of wait things out and get all of the facts because you can end up with pie on your face. I've in this show before I had to record um, like a disclaimer at the start saying that you know in between recording the podcast and the podcast posting. St- details in the story had changed i went too early with the story and and things had changed and i said things when i originally recorded that turned out to be false so you know you you just got to wait things out i think that's the best way to do it um but with this i i I thought when this i mean crunch has been a thing that's always been spoken about in the video game industry it's something that is seen as a necessary evil to get the best games out there the studios that do it produce the best games like rockstar games a lot of the sony first party studios are well known for i remember the stories about the um uh sony san diego i believe who make the mlb the show games i remember hearing the stories about the the head um guy there you know had a a, a rollout mattress under his desk in his office and he used to sleep there during crunch um so it's, you know, I'm I'm not sure exactly where I fall on this. I, I would like to get more. There was some conflicting reports. There were some people coming out saying things like, uh, if, you know, are oh, you expected to work the weekends just in case Dan and, or, you know, Dan, the Hauser brothers showed up or, you know, things like that. Um, I'm not sure how much of that is true and how much is embellishment from the, the staff members, but... Um, I guess with these kinds of things, like everything's a choice. So these people are choosing to, while they're expected to work, they're choosing to work in this studio. I also believe, um, and I've been led to believe that these people get paid serious bonuses when these games ship. And everyone knows how much Rockstar games make. And they get paid serious bonuses. So they, I feel like the industry itself, the people who are working in these studios, they know what they're signing up for. They know what they're agreeing to. They're signing on the dotted line. These are the expectations of you work on our games. This is what you get. You will get paid for working on the games and you will get remunerated well. I've heard things, you know, in the excess of five, six-figure bonuses for people at the studios when games ship um, because, you know, obviously how well they sell. Um, so people get looked after as far as I know. Um, I, I could be completely wrong about that. I, I, this is all sort of hearsay. A lot of this story 
story is hearsay. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. I'd like to know your thoughts, audience. If you want to let me know, tweet at me at cruzy underscore mate on Twitter or send me an email. It is what it is at 8bit.net. And just let me know what you think about this. Should Rockstar Games, um, you know, have to have some kind of reform? Um, I believe their president came out and said that, or the CEO, one of the other said, you know, that they... Um, that they probably need to look into their working conditions and, um, and you know, decide on whether they need to adjust things or, or change stuff up. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting. Next story. Harry and Megan. We're in Australia this week. And my question is, why do we care? What is the fascination? Again, this would have been a great discussional topic. However, I just wanted to put it out there to the audience. Why do we care? so much about this royal family coming to our country they, they you know i just i just the fascination with the monarchy is just so bizarre to me the harry and kate the 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 all the rest the camilla and obviously princess di and all that like this fascination with these people it's just bizarre to me it's just bizarre that's all I wanted to say. Obviously, I can't really bounce this off anyone, but I don't do... I, it's been all over the news. Every time you turn a paper, there's Harry and Megan and, and everything. And congratulations as well. They're pregnant, apparently. So, well done. Hope, hope Happy days. Cong- hope for the joyous arrival of your beautiful young baby. Um, but I just don't know why we're so fascinated as a society or why there's such a large sect of the society. I imagine that there's a large sect of my listening audience knowing roughly the demographic of said audience that don't give a stuff about Harry and Megan. Um, so what do you think guys? Reach out. Let me know. Hit me up. Tell me what you think about the Royals. Do you care? Do you not? Anyway. And, uh, next story. In this week's installment of The Sky is Blue and Water is Wet News, Piers Morgan is still a tossbag. The Good Morning Britain host and all-round Flog of the Year candidate caused a stir this week when calling out the masculinity of James Bond actor Daniel Craig for carrying his child around in a papoose, which is effectively a baby backpack, or a front pack, as it were. Piers tweeted with a picture of Craig carrying his child, quote, 007, not you as well, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, hashtag papoose, hashtag emasculated bond. And I'll tell you what, the people were having none of that. So Piers Morgan, if you don't know who Piers Morgan is, um, uh, so Piers Morgan, so the blue whale, everyone knows the blue whale, animal, mammal in the ocean, um, has the largest vagina of all the species. It, it, it can fit, I think, seven whole human beings. Um, that makes it the second biggest cunt in the world, um, narrowly beaten by Piers Morgan. Excuse my language, but he is. Uh, he's just the worst. This man is the worst. I cannot stand Piers Morgan. Dead set. He's just, he's a contrarian. He's a kiss ass. He's a just, he's just the worst. He's just the worst. I'm not a fan of Piers Morgan at all. One of my favorite pieces of media ever was when he come to the ashes and um, faced Brett Lee in the nets at the MCG. And um, he, uh, he copped a few uh, 130, 140K bounces on the, um, on the, I think it broke his arm at one point. Anyway, he's a flog. Um, so he tweeted this thing out about Daniel Craig basically making fun of his masculinity, calling out his masculinity. Uh, and what was magnificent was the absolute 
deluge of response from the internet world. Um, all manner of celebrities and, and non-celebrities alike, you know, tweeting at peers, photos of them carrying their babies in a papoose. Uh, there was one uh, UFC fighter tweeted a photo to peers of him carrying his... his uh, baby in a papoose and Piers tweeted something back like oh I take it back then only because you know you're a UFC fighter and I'm a softie something like that uh, but I just found it really interesting that a guy and he's a very old school guy and he's not that old Piers Morgan I thought he was in his 60s but he's only 53 I looked up the other day so he's a very he's just a real contrarian and I just do not like him at all um, and he just says he's just constantly saying things just always. He's one of those guys always on Twitter, just yakking, saying crap, trying to antagonize people. He's an antagonist. I don't like him. Um, but this, you know, this this, this didn't ruffle my feather. I'm not easily offended. So this didn't offend me, but I, I quite enjoyed the, um, the, you know, the response that he got, you know, basically everyone telling him that he's a fool and, you know, this is not something that should be, you know, I think uh, um, Chris Evans, who's a fantastic follow, um, tweeted out, uh, quote tweeted it and said something along the lines of how insecure do you have to be with your masculine, with your masculinity to call out, um, someone for carrying their child, you know, like, which was great. I, I really enjoyed that. So not much more to say about that. Pierce Morgan's a flog. Always been a flog. Always will be a flog. I'd love to see him back in Australia, back in the nets, facing Brett Lee again, that it would be magnificent. And our next story, last story for the week. The Wentworth by-election was held over the weekend. The seat of ousted PM Malcolm Turnbull was up for grabs. The district of Wentworth has been, apart from uh, two defected independents, been owned by the Liberal Party since 1901. And it has been won by independent Karen Phelps. In doing so, she has robbed the coalition of a majority parliament. This is an interesting one. And I won't go on about it forever because... um, I don't want to, <laughs> but I find it really interesting that the, I, I'm very, very disenfranchised with our government, all of our government, labor, liberal, the whole lot. They're as bad as each other. You dead set. They're just as bad as each other. You can, at this point in time, you cannot tell them apart. They're horrible. And the way that they take the, this whole thing about, like we didn't vote for Scott Morrison. We didn't even vote for Malcolm Turnbull originally to be our Prime Minister. We didn't vote for um, Julia Gillard originally. Like, you know, we've had so many Prime Ministers just lumped on us that we have not even elected. And some of them have been voted in after the fact, but still, it's just, you know, it really annoys me. You know, we didn't vote for for Kevin Rudd the second time. It's just, I I feel like they're taking for granted the Australian people and they just, they are just not even, they do not even care about our... uh, our opinions, how we feel about things, about, you know, what what is about, what about the Australian people? Well, maybe we don't want Scott Morrison as our Prime Minister. Did you even give us a choice? I, I just, I find these things, I, I'm just so disenfranchised. And I love that, that, that an independent has won this seat that has been held just about for over 100 years by the Liberal Party. An independent's come in and taken it. And now we've got a hung parliament, which is great because nothing's going to get done again. But it's just ridiculous. The, 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 our politicians just treat us like idiots. And what, and what can we do about it? We can't do anything about it because it's a two-party system. You know, you get independents come in, but it's always going to be one or the other running the country. And we really need a change at the top. We need, like, oh God, it scares me to even say stuff like that. But because I, people said the same thing about America and they got a change, but might not have been for the best. But, you know, 
that, that it is what it is, as they say. Um, but we need that. Cha- we need a change here. We need Australia to be shaken up. I feel like we're on a small enough scale that you know we've only got 24 25 whatever odd million people in this country i feel like we're on a small enough scale that we can get someone in to really shake the place up and we can really you know get some shit happening here but it just it just annoys me how you can get like you can elect someone and then they can be just removed by their mates because they feel like they're going to look like doesn't that oh, just so frustrating i just get so frustrated anyway so i love the fact that the liberals have lost this seat um it doesn't look like we're going to have an early election um which i think that we should i feel like i want to elect who our leader is i sure as hell ain't voting for scott morrison i tell you what and i don't like the um what's his face from labor either so god knows what i'm gonna do this is the thing about australia is you have to vote you don't have a choice you gotta vote um and i'm not for throwing away my vote i'm not gonna be one of those people who goes into the booth and writes on the little adds a box at the end and writes on the three votes chris judd that's not that's that's not what i do i'm not about that i'm not about throwing my vote away so i need to find an independent who i can really get behind who i'm a fan of their you know policies etc um because i'm not a fan of anything that labor and liberal are doing at the moment they're both I think disgraceful. Um, but that's all I wanted to say about that. And that's pretty much it. That's the news for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit, and you can find all of our content over at 8bit.net or search the 8-Bit Collective hashtag on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am at cruzy underscore mate, and 8-Bit is at we are 8-Bit on all of the socials. Packs this week! Yes! Ah, it's another thing I was looking forward to talking to Felicia about. Nevertheless, PAX this week. EB Expo slash PAX Melbourne is on this weekend at the Melbourne Convention Centre. I will be there with the Apic Collective Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We'll be conducting all kinds of interviews and shenanigans with developers, playing video games, hanging out, people, parties. It's just going to be the best. I'm so excited. I missed PAX last year, so I'm very excited to uh, do it this year and see all of my friends and see all my, my new friends, make some new friends and just have such a good time. If you're not coming to PAX, you can watch the um, the all of the panels streamed live on um, the PAX Twitch channel. I'm not 100% sure what it is. Maybe you should have looked that up beforehand. It's not important. You can find it. Just search PAX Melbourne. I'm sure it'll show up in the Twitch. Why that's important? 8 p.m. Saturday night, this coming Saturday, live from PAX Melbourne. I will be hosting the Party Mode panel, which will be a four it's it's a it's a four it's a team it's a four way it's a fatal four way teams three teams of four teams of three <laughs> will be battling on the stage of the EB Expo Theater um, for glory in party mode so obviously we had the first party mode Nerdstradamus the team led by our very own Brendan Eight Bit was the uh, victors last year and we'll have three new challenges this year pitting themselves against each other in video game war and there can only be one winner who will it be i do not know but we are so excited for that i can't wait to just get up there and just scream and yell and just have a good time it's gonna be awesome so if you're at pax this weekend make sure you come to the eb theater at 8 p.m on saturday night watch the party mode panel on behalf of the agpn um, and the 8-bit collective it is going to be awesome i'm so excited for that so make sure you come along if you can't get to pax that's cool just follow the PAX Twitch, um, 8 p.m. Put it in your little diary. Get your little diary out. Write it down. Go, 8 p.m. Party mode. 
check it out. Um, so I'm very much excited for that. So stay tuned and obviously stay tuned to um, 8bit.net and the 8bit collective hashtag for all the awesome content coming out of PAX. We've obviously got Jono himself conducting interviews as part of putting in work. Uh, we're going to have the Hungry Gamers. Uh, I'm going to be on the BitStorm podcast, which is going to be awesome. The guys are having me and Jono on their 100th episode, Jono and I, on our 100th episode, um, on their 100th episode, um, live from the Audio Technica um, booth. And remember, to head on over to the Auto Technica booth, check out all the sweet, sweet audio gear. Check out all the awesome podcasters who'll be using the booth through the week. There's everyone from, uh, I think P2's using the booth, Banter Lab, the Explosion Network, um, so many awesome content creators, House of Mario. Everyone's going to be coming along um, using the Audio Technica booth because they give us the best gear in the business. And shout out to them, our amazing sponsors, Audio Technica. For hooking us up with all the best audio and recording gear in the business. And remember, head on over to audio-technica.com.au for all that awesome audio gear, or just head on over to the uh, the Pax uh, little uh, little Paxi uh, little, little little stall store thing. There, it'll be good. It'll be good to have everyone there. Uh, well, that's it. I think this went marginally well. Twenty-eight minutes. I think I've done well. To, to do a, a show on my own for 28 minutes, uh, I'm very much proud of myself for that. If you've enjoyed this show, or if you haven't, head on over to iTunes, leave us a subscribe and a review. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, people you want to have on the show, topics you like discussed. I'm always open to uh, feedback and, uh, and suggestions. Anything you want to uh, throw my way, then I'll be happy to uh, take it out. <coughs> no. Or just send us an email. It is what it is at 8bit.net. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you, my audience, tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, friends, it is what it is. (laughs) 